one of the most defining moments of my life. I was, um, I was in a place where I was busy serving the Lord. I had already committed to serve him with my life, whatever that looked like. And uh, the first half of my life looked like this. And I, was, I felt like I was at a point of decision where I wasn't sure that I wanted the rest of my life to look like the first of my life. You know what I mean? Like I had, I mean, I was busy and I was doing stuff and I just had some, some revelations, if you will, and some, some experiences. And God had shown me some, some ways of doing ministry that I, I said, you know, I just feel like the rest of my life needs to look different than the first half of my life. And I read a book that, that challenged me by John Ortberg called, If You Want to Walk on Water, You Have to Get Out of the Boat. And the idea being that to take a step in that direction requires you to leave your comfort zone and push forward and take a step of faith. And I'm grateful that God calls us to push out further to climb a little higher, to wade a little deeper, to reach for a little bit more. That God is, is wanting to do more through us, not just for the sake of using us, but because that's who we have been created to become. And we are called to more, and it comes just one step at a time from where you are. So wherever you are, it very well could be that there is this beautiful place of comfort that you're sitting in, and yet maybe he has called you to take a step away from that into faith, into your future, so that the second half of your, okay, so some of you, the second quarter the fourth quarter, the last part of your life looks different than what you've lived thus far. And that's what we're talking about, right? The, your life story does not have to stay the same. And the decisions that you made yonder ways have created the story that you have told thus far, but the decisions that you are making today will determine what your story looks like going forward. And so here's what I love is you've got all these blank pages. Like you have the opportunity to make decisions today about what you are going to do in the life that you're going to live that will change forever the story that you get to tell. And I love that phrase that your, the rest of your life can be the best of your life. And I really believe that. Most people feel the urge toward more. But the urge is all that happens. But I want to encourage you this morning to, to fill out that application, to take that job, to get married. I mean, just not arbitrarily, but like, <laughs> if that's that point of decision for you, to start giving, to find a place of service, to accept that challenge that God has given you to step out of the boat, if you will. But know this, that regardless of what you do, the rest of your story starts today. If you do nothing, the rest of your story starts today. Your story is just going to sound like this, meh. 
Eh, same old. Just keep turning the page. Same thing I read earlier. Or your story could sound like significance. Like your, your story could sound like an incredible journey of faith. And you may not know exactly what it's going to look like, and you might, and it might not look like anything that you've done thus far, which would be kind of cool. And it might actually make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Welcome to my world. But that second part of your life, that last half of your life, those unwritten pages can be something miraculous and incredible and just a great ride. There's a wonderful story in Luke chapter 5 where God, where Jesus Christ is calling Peter into service. Now, in this passage of Scripture, he's called Simon before his name changed. And he is a fisherman. Jesus is preaching to the crowds. He hasn't called any disciples yet. And he is preaching on the, the Sea of Galilee, and the, or also known as Lake Gennesaret, it might be in your, in your passage of, of Scripture. And so he is, uh, he is preaching, and he is getting, he's getting pressed in, the Bible says. And so he's, his back is to the water, and the crowd is all around him, and he's running out of room, and he looks over, and he sees two fishing boats. Peter's in one of them. And he gets in one of the boats, and this is kind of where we pick up the story, where he is first introduced to Peter, and it says this in in Luke chapter 5, verse 3, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So at this point, Peter is in the boat with Jesus, and he's just kind of in neutral. He's just listening. And then Jesus gets done with his message, and the story continues in verse 4. It says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. In other words, he said, We're going to lower the nets and we're going to try and draw up some fish. And Peter now has a decision to make. This encounter with Jesus has put him in a position where he's looking at his life, and he doesn't even know it at this point, all right? I'm not saying that he was, he was that aware that his whole life was about to change. But, but honestly, like, so, so this is where Peter's at right now, right? And so 38 years later, at the end of his life, I'll bet he looks back and he realizes the significance of this moment. Because in between, it's like we know about Peter now that, that in, this, in this journey, he was an incredible apostle. He, 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 was, he was instrumental in raising a girl from the dead. He preached a sermon at Pentecost and 3,000 people got saved. He walked on water. Like at this point, he didn't know any of that was going to happen. But as he looks back on his life, he realizes the significance of this moment right here. And this is where it all begins. This is where the rest of his story starts. And all those blank pages could have just been filled with fishing. But instead, they were filled with life transformation. He'd been out all night fishing. He's tired. He's discouraged. They didn't catch anything. He's cleaning his nets, ready to go home. He could have said no to Jesus' request, and he says this in verse 5. He said, And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. 
And if I were writing this verse, I would have put like 10 spaces in between these two sentences because there's this big pause, I think. Like Peter's waiting for Jesus to say, oh, well, I didn't realize that. Right? Jesus, I know you want us to go out and go fishing, but we fished all night and didn't catch anything. We're professionals. It didn't happen. They're not biting, okay? They're not, we're, we just, it's not happening today. The tides are wrong. The moon was not right. They're all sleeping. We could not find Nemo. It's just not happening. And so, like, he pauses. And Jesus doesn't respond. And so then he goes, nevertheless, at thy word, we will let down the net, okay? So I, could, I just picture this little pause there that doesn't happen. And, of course, if, if you read the rest of the story, he lets down the net, catches a record amount of fish, has to call in another boat just to haul the catch in. He realizes what has just happened and the miracle that has just happened. And Jesus looks at him and says, you want more of this? This is awesome, right? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Your life will never be the same again. And we know what Peter became, but Peter didn't know what he would become at this point. He was a fisherman, not a theologian. He was no religious leader. And Peter had no idea that this moment was going to change his life forever. He was okay with allowing Jesus in the boat. He was even okay with pushing out into the deep for some strange reason. And then he had a decision to make when it came to lowering the nets that would change his life forever and give him purpose on earth that he never knew before. So have you ever considered that you are called to a greater story and that your purpose is to advance the kingdom of God and to partner with Jesus for a greater purpose than the life that you are currently living. This story of yours and the blank pages that are to follow that we call your future, they have so much potential for good, for Christ, for the kingdom of God. And I would love to bring you to a moment, to a point this morning where you are at least considering the fact that there is a greater purpose for your life than what you have lived thus far. I don't know what that looks like for you and you probably don't even look, know what that looks like. But what I'm talking about is real change in your life that then affects real change in other people's lives. That that real people are doing real things to make a real difference in the lives of other people. I love my friend Scott Wagner. Been coming here for about a year and a half, two years, right? He has honestly allowed the Lord to just give him this mission in life to help people. And he shows up here every single Sunday morning at 7.30 to start making coffee. And he has fallen in love with this church and our Lord. And he loves what he does. And he's got this purpose greater than he's ever had in his life. I was talking this morning. And, he's, and he volunteered to help in the thermal shelter. That happened here a couple of weeks ago. And by the way, y'all knocked it out of the park. 
We had 80 volunteers, over 350 hours of service. We had children's church kids taking up offerings to help pay for stuff. You had our teenagers putting dignity bags together. You had our community groups putting together lunches with homemade bread. It was just a fantastic effort. But it didn't stop there. So then the thermal shelter goes to another church, and our folks are volunteering at those churches to fill holes in that they didn't have enough staff to fill. And that's been Scott. So Scott's been there almost every night of the week, and he is loving what he's doing. And God is using him in a very real way to build meaningful relationships with real people. Like we, we, we understand, please understand, God is at work in and among the lives of people, and he uses us to make that happen. And so where I'm hoping we get to this morning is to realize that there is a purpose greater than the life that we are currently living. And the story of my life, my life story, can look very different from what it has been. And my challenge to you, my passionate challenge to you this morning, is to at least consider the fact that there is something greater in store for you than what you have experienced thus far. And that you're at least willing to consider this, and then as God leads you, you begin to move in that direction. So how does that happen? I know this, that when we partner with Jesus, our life potential increases. So it's not just a matter of you you saying, well, this is what I want to do. It's like, I feel that God has made me for this. So this miracle that just took place in Peter's boat used everything who Peter was. It was a miracle of fishing. And here's what I love so much about this story, that even if Jesus hadn't said, come follow me, Peter still had a great story to tell the rest of his life. And even if Jesus wanted him to stay a fisher of fish, he would have been a much better fisherman partnering with Jesus to fish for fish than if he had not. And so whatever it is your life's purpose is, whatever it is you feel called to do, whatever your role on this planet is, if you look at eternity and the significance of your life for 80 years compared to eternity, what does that mean to you? And what can it mean for the kingdom of God? And if it means everything staying the same in your life, Number one, does that make any sense to you? That Jesus would get a hold of you and leave everything the same in your life? No. But even if it did, everything you would do then in partnership with him with him would be incredible. Impossible even. So how do we make this happen? It's not as hard as you think. My encouragement to you is number one, start small. Moving from here to there seems like a big step. Creating this big, long story seems like a big deal. It's a long journey, but it starts with a step. In reality, it's just a matter of moving in the right direction. So here's, here's the truth. You might even feel like an urge this morning, like, you know, that makes a lot of sense, you know, and maybe the Holy Spirit's working on your heart and you're thinking, yeah, there probably really is something out there greater for me to do than what I'm doing. And and the, the, the second part of my life, what's left, can be more significant than the first part. And that makes a lot of sense to you, okay? So where is that step? Okay, I'm not sure 
you know, it just seems too long, too hard, too scary. Don't let the stop, don't, don't let the start stop you. That was harder to say than it sounded, okay? And I really built up to that moment too. Don't let the start stop you. Like, just start. Like, start small. It doesn't take a lot to do a little more than what you're doing. It didn't take a lot for Peter to push out. It didn't take a lot for him to launch out into the deep. It was things that he was able to do. Start small. Like, okay, you know what? Have you ever seen parents watching their baby take a step? You talk about people looking like idiots <laughs> until, until it's your baby, until it's your grandbaby. Then all of a sudden it becomes a thing like this is a new world. This is fantastic. Wow, did you see that video? They finally took their step. Things that you do every day, Right? But there is so much happiness and so much joy when that baby takes a step. Don't you think that's what God feels when you partner with him and you decide, yeah, I think I can volunteer for that. It's a small step. But man, there's rejoicing when that happens. You don't have to have the faith to finish. You just have to have the faith to start. That's what God is asking. And, and there actually is a verse that says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. So it takes faith to start, but don't let the start stop you. One of my favorite verses of scripture, Luke 16, 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in that which is much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. The idea here, and by the way, this is referencing money. In, in the economy of the kingdom of God, money is the least. And what Jesus is saying, if you can't figure out how to manage your money for the benefit of the kingdom of God, then you're not going to manage all the other responsibilities of the kingdom of God. Because in the kingdom of God, in the economy of the kingdom of God, money is the least. I'm not taking it out of context. That's exactly what it's saying. And if you are faithful in that which is least, you'll be faithful in that which is much. But the principle is that it's the small things that are significant. Start small, but start. Do something. I hope you stay for the ministry update. What God is doing and and all of that is fantastic. But there are so many opportunities to serve the Lord in this church and we need your help and I don't think it's any mistake that you are here and whether your greater purpose is to serve here or to serve in our community I hope and pray that you would begin to recognize that 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 who you are and who God has made you is for a purpose And there is something that we're supposed to be doing and to take a step in that direction because little steps are a big deal to God. So start small. The next, do what you can do. Do what you can. That's the thing. Do what you can. Peter wasn't expecting to do what Jesus asked him to do that day. 
but he was prepared to do it. His entire life had been prepared to do what Jesus was asking him to do. Jesus asked Peter to do something that he was actually capable of doing. Then eventually, Peter was actually doing the impossible. So here's the, here's the idea that your life has helped prepare you for your calling. That is a big statement. Where you were born, who your parents are, what your talents are, all three of them, what, what your God-given abilities, your bank account, your job, your neighborhood, everything about your life is something that God can use. Isn't that great? And there's no mistake. It's not like a whoops. Oh, I didn't know you had that. I didn't know you could do that. It's almost like God knew that Peter was a fisherman. Like maybe he could actually do what he's at. So what God is calling you to do, you've actually been prepared to do. And so here's what you're thinking in your mind right now. Yeah, but Eric, I don't have any idea what that is. I get that. That's not the important part of this equation. The important part of the equation is that you say yes. The important part of this equation is not the what. The important part of the equation is the yes. God will fill in the what. Are you willing to say yes if the blank is empty? Whatever it is, yes. Your life has prepared you for whatever God is going to call you to do. You're like, ah, you don't understand, Eric. My life is very ordinary. It's very normal. So you're like us. That's what you're saying. First time I ever spoke in public, I was in seventh grade. I gave a book report, and I fainted. <laughs> like, literally, I had never experienced anything like that in my life. I literally woke up with a teacher on her knees next to me waking me up. Tell me I was born to be a public speaker. No. <laughs> no. But God allowed a series of experiences and opportunities to prepare me for who I am today. God can do incredible things. And what you have been through has prepared you for what you need to become. Whatever it is you can do with Jesus. I'll say that a different way. Whatever it is you can do with Jesus, you can do with Jesus. Doing the impossible starts with doing what you can. Isn't that exciting? So you may think, well, I could never do that or this. That's all right. That's all right. God's called you to do what you can. Peter could launch out into the deep. Peter could lower his nets. God's going to do the miracle. Say, Francis of Assisi said this. By the way, I would change my location where I came from if I came from a place called Assisi. I'd be like St. Francis from Man's Man. That's where I would be from. I would not be from a place called Assisi. I just would not. I would just say, just call me something else than Francis of Assisi. But Francis said this, start doing what's necessary, then what's possible, then suddenly you're doing the impossible. 
I love this verse so much, this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul's writing the church at Corinth, and, he, and he's framing for us who God uses. And you're like, Eric, you don't understand. I've, I can't imagine whatever you want to fill the blank in. I can't imagine. There, there are so many ideas that run through my mind on a daily basis of things that I believe God would love to do through this body of believers to help this community. I mean, I'll be honest with you, sometimes it's kind of overwhelming, and I just can't do them. But God has put us together to get this done. I really believe that. There are some ideas in my brain right now that I really feel that God is speaking to your heart about to step up and say, I really feel this is something that God has put on my heart to do to help folks in this community. And I want to partner with you to make that happen. And I don't know what that is. And it may seem like a big task, okay? Let's just take it one step at a time here. Let's do what we can do right now to begin to affect change. And I love what Paul is saying about who God calls to do what God has called them to do. He says this, brothers, consider your calling. Not many are wise from a human perspective, not many powerful, not many of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen, he has selected what is foolish in the world, hello, to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing, to bring to nothing what is viewed as something. Why, 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 why is all that happening? So that no one can boast in his presence because God should get, the, get all the credit for what happens because it's not because of all of your incredible gifts and talents. You were just willing to be used and partner with Jesus. Jesus put all the fish in the net. All Peter did was lower it down. And when you are willing to say yes to Jesus and take a step, start small and do what you can, then God will do something incredible. I don't know what your qualifications are, but let me just ask you this. Um, Why are you where you are? Why can you do what you can do? Why do you know what you know? Why do you have what you have? God wants to partner with you and he wants to partner with your weaknesses to show himself strong that God is doing something incredible. I know it seems simple, but that's the whole point. But we get to do the impossible when we just do what we can. Doing the impossible starts with doing what we can. And we'll finish up with this one very quickly, I promise. Just do what's next. Just do what's next. Like, what's right in front of you? Like, what's the next thing? What if I get it wrong? Do the next thing. Like, how can you go wrong? Start moving in some direction. Okay, some of you could really screw it up. I should recant that statement. But, but seriously, like, like, it's so much easier to steer a car that's moving than one that's parked. You have it in parked, your engine's stone cold. And you're like, well, all right, God, where are we going? Start the thing up, warm it up, and start pulling out of the driveway and let God lead you where you're supposed to go. Do something, go somewhere, help somebody, do something, do what's next, do what's needed, what's right in front of you. 
Do you see the progression? Peter's in his boat. Jesus gets in the boat. It's just the next thing that God asked him to do. He did it, and he ends up, 38 years later, having an incredible story to tell about the ministry that he was able to lead for Christ. The smallest step in the right direction might become the biggest step of your whole life. So what's next for you? I mean, this is why Jesus came. This is it. Jesus himself said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. So, so if you're in the room this morning and you're checking this out, you're trying to figure this out, you don't really feel like you have a connection with the Lord. <laughs> that's what's next for you. Because that's your step of faith. That's, that's the next thing for you. That's what's right in front of you. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's why he came. If there was any other way to get to God, to get to heaven, to live that life, Jesus would not have had to come to die. If there was any other way for that to happen, God would not have given his own son, right? That's why you're here this morning. Your step of faith is to trust Jesus. He said, Eric, I'm a, I'm a Jesus follower. I, I've already had that moment. I'm, I'm, I'm born again. I know for a fact that, that uh, I, I'm saved. Then this is why you're here. Peter attached himself to Jesus' mission to reach a world around him. And all of us have a world around us, like people that we interact with every day in our neighborhood, at work. Every every. Every moment of the day, there are people around us that are looking to us. And the difference that Jesus can make in your life is significant. The community that you live in, the effect that you can have, has so much potential. That's why we're here. And my big ask of you this morning is that you would do more than consider. You would act upon that. You would say, all right, I'm in. I'm in, that you'll take a small step. That status quo will not be good enough. Or at least here's the truth. The rest of your life's gonna be, meh. Same old, same old. I'm saying let's make a significant decision and start small, do what you can, do what's next, and see where, where it takes you. See what begins to fill the pages of your life so you live a life of significance and meaning that has eternal implications. And rather than being worried about how big your bank account's getting or moving up the corporate ladder, all of that's fine. But that's not why you're here. You're here to advance the kingdom of God and to make an impact in the lives of other people. And what does that look like for you? Who are you? What do you know that can make that impact? Let's pray. Father, we love you and we are humble that you even want to use us, that you want to partner with us, that you want to change our life to change others. Help us not to take that lightly. Help us to commit ourselves to begin a relationship with you if we are not there. And help us to commit ourselves to begin ministry with you. Help us to do more than consider. Help us to act upon that and to take a step. In Jesus' name, amen.